0: Your city to and sing you a country sound we'll all be than a jetliner. and if you want a little bang in come along everything seems to be in place uh, for russia to engage in a major aggression against ukraine let me be clear these are totally defensive moves on our part we have no intention of fighting russia i have only one thing to say from the bottom of my heart. President Putin, stop your troops from attacking the Ukraine. Give peace a chance. Too many people have already died. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we are coming to your city. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 195.
1: All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we're going to get into the the intelligence side of this, the cybersecurity threat that exists, uh, all as a result of, of Vladimir's invasion of Ukraine. And uh, there are still people that are saying, well, it may, it's not like he wants to take over the whole country. I'm like, he, look at the map. He's bombed every area of the country. He's now in the process. We expect in, in the next 48, 72 hours that he will take over the Capitol. He's toppling the government. Zelensky will either fly out with a probably a, a plane load worth of cash, like most leaders do, uh, or he's going to be captured and or killed or captured and or imprisoned, and the government will collapse. That is that is what is going to happen Probably no later than the time we get on the air here on on Monday. Um, uh, It was very interesting. Look, I've had my my issues in terms of corruption in Ukraine, and they're all legitimate. There's there's no disagreement. I mean, it's been pretty well chronicled. The the whole Burisma deal in and of itself, the real quid pro quo, you're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire that prosecutor uh, that's investigating uh, my son, Hunter Biden, who's being paid millions the same hunter that goes on GMA and asks, uh, was asked, do you have any experience in the energy sector? No. Have you had any business dealings in Ukraine before? Nope. Well, why do you think they're paying you millions? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe because your dad's the vice president? Probably. Probably. You know, a real quid pro quo. But I digress. Um so I, I do have issues in terms of it, corruption, but th- that's not a factor here. The factor is whether or not a sovereign nation is going to be invaded by Vladimir Putin uh, and watching what happened in Georgia in 08 and watching the annexation of Crimea in 2014 and satellite states set up in Belarus and Moldova, etc. You know, how far do these Putin territorial ambitions go that's the question former president petro poroshenko uh said putin is mad and and crazy and then he's come to kill ukrainians and by the way that's what he's doing listen
2: they'll deal with putin like with a man of the lost reason and he's just he's just simply mad he's just simply crazy he's just simply evil to come here to kill ukrainian <laughs> ukrainian who is we lost now about 130 Ukrainian soldiers. That's exactly why we shall secure Ukraine today and to support Ukraine withstand tomorrow. I have a feeling that I am specific target of the Russian for already 8 years. And uh, uh, this is uh, me is just a symbol. We are not afraid of them. And uh, just now while we are here We have a report from our civil defense that in five minutes we will have a Russian bomber in the center of Kiev.
1: Uh, Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas is with us, an Air Force vet, member of the Armed Services Committee. Daniel Hoffman, Fox News contributor, 30-year CIA ops officer. uh, Spent a lot of time, uh, let's just say, understanding Russia on a very deep personal level. Um, Congressman, let me begin with you militarily i mean i've gone over the numbers repeatedly and they're just arms at such a higher level that it's really a david goliath scenario and i appreciate the fact that the ukrainians are fighting back but they can't win this can they no well it's
3: conventionally no i mean obviously the ukrainians are far outmatched it's about what price can be extracted uh, and make what can they make Putin pay? And there's this thing as pure victories. And the world—you got to remember—the world is remember, a very small place now. And all the war crimes—I just saw something on TV where a, a personnel carrier just ran over a civilian car and killed the people inside. I
1: have saw that video uh, so would, myself. Yes,
3: Sean, that's awful. So we're, the world will see this on social media as these crimes happen. And I think that'll solidify world opinion against Putin. It's okay, even so
1: it solidifies world. world opinion. What, uh, Crimea was 2014. Let's be real here, though. Mm-hmm. In 2014, sure. what happened? Nothing, and the world and everyone went about their business. And everybody's still addicted to Putin's oil. And even Joe Biden, in his announcement yesterday, he's doing nothing to disrupt energy, oil, gas production, and and trade with Russia. So that means that the world got addicted to his oil. It got exacerbated. The problem was exacerbated because Joe, capitulating to this, this climate change cult fanaticism that's taken over his party, uh, then cut and ended energy independence in this country. So we can't supply our Western European and NATO allies with the energy needs that they have. And Putin's got a lot of uh, natural resources. Even, they'll even be more dependent after this
3: yeah with Joe Biden's weakness and wokeness, I am worried. There's no doubt. I mean, the first thing he did when he came in office, he canceled the Keystone pipeline and then he greenlighted the Nordstrom too. That's exactly in reverse. President Trump was putting America first. Biden's putting America last, and we're seeing the consequences of it. Uh, and yeah. he halted leases on you know for energy exploration on federal land. He's got to reinstitute. I don't think he has the brain power to understand the mistakes he's made, but he should reverse those decisions immediately. And you're right, Sean. I don't think he will because he is uh, only catering to his far left base.
1: I said it yesterday on this program. His speech yesterday to the nation should have been: uh, I, want, "I want to inform the American people of a phone call I just got off of with every top producing energy company in this in America." And I have told them as of noon today, I have lifted any and all restrictions on exploration and production of energy in all forms. I have asked them to, as quickly as possible, ramp up uh, energy independence and get uh, uh, resources to our, our friends and allies in Western Europe. Dan Hoffman, that speech is never coming, is it?
2: No, it's not. But it's really a lot larger than that. Sean, uh, look, we we utterly failed to uh, develop a strategy to protect Ukraine. That would have meant demonstrating to Vladimir Putin that it would be prohibitively costly to him in terms of spilled blood and treasure to invade Ukraine. That even after Russia, but by the way, that was never
1: going to happen. And by the I don't support, for example, American boots on the ground. But I think what no, you're I'm saying not. is when when the manifesto of July 12th came out that spelled out everything that Putin was planning to do, Certainly, efforts should have been, should have began in terms of arming the Ukrainians.
2: Right. I'm not talking about troops, but we go back even further. You know, when Russia annexed Crimea and invaded Donbass in 2014, the Ukrainians have been asking for military assistance. We never gave them enough javelins. Uh, We didn't give them enough Patriot uh, anti missile uh, weapons or the Harpoon anti ship missiles. Those are things that Ukraine could use right now. Now it's too late. And the enemy, Vladimir Putin, is at the gates of NATO. And if we don't demonstrate that we have uh, the strength, the conviction to stand up for our NATO members on the front lines, the Baltic states, you and I have talked about this, uh, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Hungary, if we don't demonstrate we can stand up for them, Vladimir Putin's going to test us. We need to be prepared for that possibility because his risk calculus has changed.
1: So if he does go after yeah. the Baltics and they're members of NATO... At that yep. point, we're going to find out whether NATO is a paper tiger or whether or not NATO is willing to have a ground war, a full-on shooting war against Russia. That's, that's what it's going to come down to, no?
2: Well, the question is whether Vladimir Putin believes that the United States, a U.S.-led alliance, does he believe that the United States has the capability to leave NATO? That, you know, he may think is in doubt after we left Afghanistan the way we did and the way we have mm-hmm. not stood up as much as we should for Russia's blatant uh, invasion of Ukraine. Those are things that, that impact Vladimir Putin's calculus for his uh, his next steps.
1: Congressman, do you see that scenario unfolding?
2: Well, yeah. <clears throat> if we don't, the Article 5
3: provision uh, is an attack on one, an attack on all. Mm-hmm. And he invades, they say, Latvia, then that's like him invading Nebraska. So either NATO I- exists or not. And one thing I did look up, Sean, which is interesting, there's 29 NATO countries, t- only 10 are spending 2% or more of their GDP on defense. And they agreed in 2006 that they all should hit that target at the minimum. And 19 of them haven't. Countries like Germany, Spain, Italy, Canada haven't done that. And so Putin's looking at that as well. And Germany, because of the Nordstrom two, he's probably got them in his hip pocket. So we, I, I think we have to draw the line in the sand at some point, because otherwise we have a choice. If he attacks a NATO country, either leave Europe entirely, or we have a hot war with Russia. Because his Appetite appetite's clearly not satiated after, as you said, 08, 14, and now in the Ukraine in 22.
1: Well, that would be the line of demarcation that Joe Biden laid out in his mumbling, bumbling, stumbling speech yesterday, uh, Dan Hoffman. And I think that's a big problem. I think that one of the great assessments that Putin made was this guy's not fully there and that the United States does not have the appetite uh, to be engaged in any type of military conflict. And now we have to think about um, what is President Xi and China thinking? I think President Xi said, though, this is very different what what Taiwan means to us. Taiwan's always been a part of China. So he's he's been telegraphing his territorial ambitions. Does that happen simultaneously? Because if I was an evil, if I had the evil mind of a of a President Xi or or Vladimir Putin, uh, I would think probably Xi is thinking this is the moment to act.
2: You know, he might, Sean. I think what we're seeing right now, uh, and it really, uh, gosh, it it causes me the greatest uh, concern, is that Vladimir Putin is seeking to impose a new world order, his world order, meaning that only a few countries in the world enjoy real sovereignty. That would be Russia, the United States, maybe, uh, and China, for example. But everyone else is just going to have to be part of Russia or China's sphere of influence. If that means violating one country's territorial integrity, they're going to do it. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I had a conversation once with a Russian intelligence officer, and I asked him, what is it about your neighbors? You know, you guys have so many problems with your neighbor states. He said, look, Dan, if uh, you have a really nice house and I have a crappy one, yeah, I'm just going to go burn yours down. That's what Putin wants to do. He wants the Baltic states who are thriving democracies, economically vibrant nations, for example, to live the way the Russians live, uh, where Putin you know, denies his own citizens basic civil liberties. You see all those protesters being taken away in Russia. Uh, that's kind of the way Vladimir Putin wants everybody else to live, because if they don't live that way, then his regime is under grave threat. And that's the risk we face right now, Sean, when China doesn't believe that the United States will stand up for what's right. I'm looking for a Ronald Reagan moment here. When I was a kid growing up, President Reagan had that capability to, and to deliver on the strategy, whether it was tear down the wall, Mr. Gorbachev, or, you know, the, the Soviet evil empire, whatever it was, he framed the challenge for our nation, and we stood behind him, Democrats and Republicans. We're not seeing that right now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we're seeing it, and I don't think we're going to see it. All right, we continue. Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas and Daniel Hoffman is with us. Fox News contributor, 30 year CIA ops officer. I don't think there's any appetite even among our European allies to give up their addiction to Putin's energy and oil. I mean, look, the the, the most damning thing that that happened yesterday is these new sanctions that were put in place. But the sanctions Biden even acknowledged were not designed to disrupt Russia's energy exports. Once he said that, Congressman, it's basically business as usual. He's made Russia and Putin rich again. Our NATO allies, by purchasing energy from Putin, they've made Russia and Putin rich again. So, in many ways, they're funding their this battle against themselves. Is that is that a faulty analysis?
3: No. In fact, I'd like to say President Hannity, because if we had President Hannity, we wouldn't have these issues. Nope. No. It was word vomit. What what? But Biden was Danish. They was word vomit. And Putin is a chess player. He calculated this response instead of something strong, like you said, with teeth, denying him swift and insisting on on that and cutting off the energy. Because what this ultimately is, and I think Dan would agree, this is an economic siege. And who's going to win is the person that blinks first. And Putin is sleeping at night. I think he's got a a solid eight hours because he thinks it's going to be the West because the West hasn't been projecting strength in years. But interestingly enough, He didn't rattle his favor at all, Sean, when President Trump was in office for four years, because I really think he feared President Trump and his strength. Uh,
1: My sources are pretty good on this, and I happen to know, for example, there's a reason why when Trump dealt with the Taliban, uh, and, and I've had this confirmed publicly in interviews with people that heard the calls with the Taliban leader, and the Taliban leader was told up front, before we have any discussion about any potential deal that we might make i want you to understand something i will obliterate you if you don't follow every dotted i and cross t do you want do you understand me trump would say over and over again no i don't think you're understanding me i will obliterate you and in one particular call Daniel appreciate this he says and i know exactly where you are at this moment <laughs> and, and he told them where he was exactly Now, I would imagine that probably scared the crap out of them. You get the last word.
2: Well, listen, Sean, we're going to war with the president and the administration we have. And as a patriotic American, I'd like to get behind my administration and encourage them to do the right thing. I think there's been a lot of uh, very constructive criticism out there right now about what this administration needs to be doing differently. But I'll just tell you, we kind of run out of time, you know. Ukraine is going to lose. And uh, at the very best, I, I fear we're looking at an insurgency. And I'm not sure that this administration has what it takes to support the Ukrainians, you know, fight going forward from an insurgency. And that's, I think, what I'm looking for, just to close on this one, is congressional hearings, open hearings, open discussion with Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State, the DNI, what is the plan what is the strategy why are we not standing up for democracy in ukraine and what are we going to do about it and your the, about the, ship has sailed, the ship is
1: sailed Dan. the ship is sailed this this war is over it was over before it started in my opinion, it's the insurgency. I would like to see it. I'd like to think that NATO and European nations would defend themselves. Uh, but I don't see that happening, unfortunately, either. But I appreciate you both being with us. Dan Hoffman and Congressman Pat Fallon. Thank you. Eight hundred nine four one. 941 Your calls are next. We'll continue.
0: Be sure to check in as soon as you get to your car after work for breaking information you need to know about. This is the Sean Hannity
1: Show. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. Our number, you want to be a part of the program. Um, Let's get to our phones. Uh, Josh is in the great state of Kentucky, the home of great bourbon. What's going on, Josh? How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Mr. Hannity. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. What's your favorite uh, bourbon?
0: Uh, uh, well, it's always the most expensive, right, uh Patrick Van
1: Winkle? <laughs> uh, whatever. Listen, I, I personally, I cannot stand scotch or bourbon. And some of my best really? friends, they just love it. And they're like, no, you just have to keep trying it until you develop a taste for it. And I'm like, that's the problem. I can't get to that point. Um, well, maybe, but anyway, I, I drown my drinks with you know water and whatever juice I'm using of the day.
0: Maybe you don't have to have a taste for it. Maybe they just say, keep trying it until you get drunk and then you don't care.
1: <laughs> then you probably wouldn't notice anyway. Right. <laughs> anyway, what's on your mind today?
0: All right. Well, first of all, it's such an honor to be able to speak to you. I've, I've watched your television show. I've watched you on the, on the television and, uh, you know, listened to you for, for quite a long time. And, uh, it's really an honor to speak to you. But, uh, What I wanted to ask you was, uh, do you think, honestly, that Putin would be doing what he's doing, trying what he's trying, well, not even trying, doing what he's doing, if we had uh, the great President Trump in office?
1: No, and I think the answer is obvious, because we know what he did in 2008 in Georgia. We know what he did with Crimea when he annexed that, when Biden was vice president and Obama was president. And we see what's happening today. But there is a four year interim period there where nothing happened. You know, if you think back to the media's, you know, breathless hysteria over the Trump phone call when Donald Trump knew all these people were on this call. And then we had the non whistleblower hearsay whistleblower. And no fact witnesses, they only had one fact witness impeachment. And that one fact witness said, uh, no, uh, there was no quid or pro or quo. And then you look at the media that ignored the you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire a prosecutor investigating my son, making millions with no experience. Look, Ukraine has its corruption problems. That's not it. The answer to your question very specifically, though, is no, it would not have happened. And I'll tell you why. I think the world feared Donald Trump. Uh, there was a certain air of unpredictability because they study American presidents and, and they also saw a pattern that if he said something, he usually backed it up and delivered. If you look at every promise he made leading into 2016 in that election, he kept every single one of those promises, building the wall, energy independence, lower taxes, less regulation. I'm going to choose judges from this list. We're going to have free and fair trade deals, <clears throat> peace through strength. I'm going to end. I'm going to get out of these endless wars, et cetera, et cetera. He kept every one of the promises. And so there's a certain predictability coupled with an air of unpredictability. In other words, holy Adam Schiff, he's crazy enough that he'd do it. And that crazy enough that he would do it part, I think, is actually a good thing. Now, that to the media cause them to melt down every day. Oh, my God, he sent out a mean tweet. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's saying these horrible things. Well, at least we had a president that knew what day of the week it was and a president that actually projected strength. And You know, we saw this tape this week that I aired here, and there he is in the face of the head of NATO just grilling this guy over the stupidity of their policies, and that is that we, the United States, are being ripped off – We're spending all of this money to protect all of our NATO allies. We're paying the bulk of monies and countries that are in the direct path of Vladimir Putin. We're doing this to protect Europe from Putin. And yet they're making Putin rich again. He goes, tell me how that makes any sense. And then the guy would try to answer. No. Answer my question. How does that make sense to you? Is that fair to the American taxpayer? Because I'm here to represent them. That's the type of president that I want. And, you know, but I know it may, it may come with a few mean tweets. It may come along with, a, you know, a few inappropriate remarks occasionally. It may come along with uh, a lot of drama of the media hating him. But you know what? The world understood that answers your question i think um anyway thank you josh god bless you um let's stay in kentucky we have stephanie standing by stephanie how are you glad you called
4: hi um i wanted to um thank you for taking the call um my um real quick my um 15 year old son will wanted to um say hi and
1: he's a huge fan of yours so he's, he's 15 his name is will put him on
4: no he's not on he's
1: actually at school Oh, he's, so. at he's, he's at school. I thought it sounded like it was right there. Uh, you tell no. Will that I said always listen to mom and dad, follow the golden rule, find what he loves to do and what he's good at, and find a way to make money doing what you love to do if you can. And always try to work for yourself. This is what I tell my kids all the time. Try and try and work for yourself and be your own boss and be a, a, and put in the work and you get the rewards.
4: There you go. Um, he's following in that footsteps um, of our philosophy. Well, I'm not saying my Uh, kids
1: listen to me all the time. I mean, (laughs) you know, they're like, Dad, you already gave me this speech a hundred times. Dad, stop, stop. All right, go ahead.
4: Yeah, my question is, um, or a couple questions. How do um, the Democratic constituents feel about gas prices, the economy inflation, and the current international situation under Biden? Versus what they had under President Trump's policies and leadership, the, the
1: answer is easy. The, the The base of the Democratic Party, five thirty eight, the website even pointed it out, is abandoning Joe Biden. His and okay. demographically Hispanic Americans, African Americans, they see that his policies aren't working. Um, independence. Okay. He's at all time low numbers. The Ameri- there's, there's not a single item we can point to, and and they're going to try and make a big deal over this appointment of you know, a radical liberal replacing another radical liberal in the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, that's a success. Nah, no, not really. No, no. Um, and the, so
4: and do they have I mean, so the question is, can we change the conversation and do they have buyer's remorse? And how is it going to affect the midterm? I, I think the polls
1: 2021? are showing when you're at 33 percent approval rating and your own party's turning on you, uh, I would say that's buyer's remorse at the highest remorse. level. I've never seen anything as bad as this. Here's the question, Stephanie. You know, Reagan asked it when he was running for re-election. No. Are you better off yeah. than you were four years ago? Here's the question now: Can you name one thing that Joe has done that's that that's made our lives better?
4: Because I can't. Uh, no, upset. Maybe wiping out. Um, what was it? A leader of like ISIS or, you know. Okay, there you go. I'll tip now.
1: my hat to Joe. Joe. Joe done good. He did a good one. Good for him. Am I, we'll am we'll, we'll I clap. On
4: that? Am I right? Yeah, he,
1: There was one. Lead, I don't remember the specific leader, but there was a strike probably had little to or nothing to do with it, is my guess. Remember, this is the guy that voted no to get bin Laden. Hang in there, Stephanie. Let not your heart be troubled. Hopefully this year we begin the process of of turning this glacier around. I don't know how we're going to do it, but it's it's very doable. All the problems that we discuss every day. The economy, energy, borders, you name it, all of them are easily solvable. Conservatism works. You know, what, what is conservatism on the border? Oh, stay in Mexico, build the wall, and enforce the laws of the land. What is the conservative position on energy? Don't rely on anybody for the lifeblood of our economy. Be energy independent and a net exporter of energy where do we stand on taxes we want lower taxes we want less bureaucracy we want law and order so people are safe and secure so they can pursue happiness and and their god-given natural talent um we want choice in schools and we want free and fair trade and peace through strength and constitutionalists on the bench and we believe in liberty and freedom in our constitution and capitalism and we believe in the first and second amendment also in case there's any ambiguity right, back to our busy phones. Um, Let's say hi to Rogers in South Dakota. Roger, um, your governor is extremely popular. I can tell you, when she's on TV, a lot of people like to listen to her.
5: Absolutely. We love her. Yes, um, I guess I was was wanting to reach a subject that's probably unspeakable and unthinkable. But two days ago, I guess, on Fox News uh, Night Before Last, they were running a stream or something to the effect that Putin had said that, you know, if anybody interferes with him, Uh, He's going to do something that's never been done before. Well, likes of which you've
1: never seen before. Yeah, and a lot of people interpreted that that I'll nuke you.
5: Well, I don't think it's that. What do you think it is? Similar. I think it's an EMP. They've had this technology for a long time to they they nuke a, a. area 400 miles above the united states and it kills all the power grid and
1: roger you could be right but whatever it is he wanted it to sound bad he sent the message out and i have a message back for putin uh whatever you do to us we'll do 10 times to you that's it but not you know look if we're if
5: we're we're totally neutralized and, and i understand something like that would kill all the electronic chips and stuff i mean there's that would send us back into the Stone Age like in you know, a five minute period.
1: Listen I I just don't waste my time anymore on social media, but I had Linda, you can confirm this for us. I had a general rule that when I decided to engage with somebody like a Jimmy Kimmel or an Alec Baldwin, by the way, the husband of Helena Hutchins, whoo uh, blaming blaming Alec Baldwin was a fascinating interview, but we're in the middle of, of breaking news. We didn't cover it yet. Um, wasn't my rule that if somebody hits me and I decide to engage, what is my rule that I hit them back how many times harder?
4: Ten times.
1: Ten times harder. If they hit me and I'm going to engage, and most of the time I would just let it go because I just don't have time, I'm too busy working, um, I'm hitting them back ten times harder. I train every single day, an hour and a half during the week, mixed martial arts. And if I get hit and somebody attacks me, my training is, I hit back 10 times harder and in 10 different ways and in combinations that most people would never imagine. And we practice it every day. So, but you know, the ideally I I would run away from a fight. You know, Linda, you've been in situations where I'll say, I literally would say, I'm so sorry. Let me back away. Can I buy you a drink? Apologize. uh, But uh, please don't put me in a position where I have to hurt you. And I try to avoid situations that, that, what might trigger people anyway uh we got a little in the weeds there maggie's in vegas maggie how are you on k dawn radio hey
6: mr hannity um first of all you hit them until they can't get back up um that's that's one of our rules too but go ahead yeah (laughs) I'm an Iraq veteran. I served in Iraq in 2003. Uh, I drove from Kuwait to Baghdad in 2003. And right now, I have two boys that are ready to jump in boots and go in the military Uh, before the Ukraine situation happened. And I don't really have a question. I have more of a comment because I'm pretty sure there's some congressional members that are listening to this. Yesterday, you said, someone on your show said something about Congress is going to have to vote if we put boots on the ground. And I'm going to tell them right now, not only are you going to have some really mad parents and trying to keep it clean sorry but uh no i'm not okay with this after what happened with iraq and afghanistan my brother was in afghanistan i met my husband in iraq we are a military family the only people that should be voting to put boots on the ground are the parents of the soldiers the airmen and the marines and the sailors that are going to have to defend our country because i am sick and tired of listening to these politicians making money off the blood of our children that we're sending to war over money. War is money. That is all it is about. And how convenient that Ukraine, which Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were involved with, that's what we're going to defend right now. And listen, out of all the people in the world, I feel sorry for the people of Ukraine. I pray for them daily. I understand. I've seen what can happen when war happens and this is not okay and I am not okay with my children my friend's children because most of the people who join the military have a military connection in their family and that's all of my friend's children my children who are going to be in these boots who are going why is it that congress not only gets to vote but they're also the ones that get to make the money dick cheney and kbr prime example
1: i i feel exactly as you do and you're talking to somebody that has the the utmost respect for the honor and of those that serve it is it is a calling for most people it is what they're born to do people that I know in the military will tell me all the time that, that this is what they have wanted to do since they were young and I, I can I can't say that we cannot allow what happened in Vietnam and what happened in Afghanistan we're all gung-ho and we're gonna win the war and then all of a sudden we get into a drawn-out conflict And, you know, we're going door to door in Baghdad. You know, we don't we modern weaponry and technology has advanced to the point where that any war we fight in the future should be in an air conditioned office somewhere down in Tampa, Florida, where we with pinpoint accuracy, push buttons and take out, you know, whatever we're going to take out that day. That's the that's the future of warfare. You might need intelligence on the ground, ops on the ground, but not much. And if we would have kept it in Afghanistan, we would have won.
6: Amen. And if you ever want to drink some bourbon, I'll teach you how to enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Well, listen, I'll take the bourbon. I'm in. Um, Thank you for serving your country. My best to you and your family, your military family. And thank you all for your service and your love of this country, because it's the greatest country God gave man.